So this week is Parshas Nasai, um, which is the second Parsha in Chumash Bamidbar. And it's almost always the Parsha that comes immediately after Shavuos, because we always read Bamidbar before Shavuos. And the longest one. And it's the longest one, right? So with some of the Rimozim that people say, is that when Hashem gives us the Torah, first of all, Nasai, it picks us up. To receive the Torah again, reflects us up, and we, and we want to learn the most possible. So it's the longest part of the Torah, right after Matan Torah. Right? Those are obviously Muslim. Those are hints. Um, but the Parsha Nasi itself begins really in the middle of the section of counting the tribe of Levi. Um, in Parsha's Bamidbar, last week's Torah portion, we counted Meshavena, that is, counted all the Jewish people. And then, towards the end of the Parsha, he starts an individual counting of the three families of the tribe of Levi. We know the Levi himself had three sons, and they're Gershon, Kahas, and Mirari. And at the end of Bamidbar, there was the counting of Kahas, and the beginning of Nasai begins with the counting of Gershon, and then the counting of Mirari. Three steps. And so I have here on the top of the page the three psukim. Why is more in Chronicles about the, you know, those, those counting the names than, than in the, the parsha? Why is it more in chronic? What do you mean more in chronicles? Says more, more names in Divrei Hayamim. Yeah, because that the, the Divrei Hayamim was written specifically for history. It was written to say, you know, how A led to B and B led to Z. It's all about the yichus and the history. The Torah, the Chumash, is not primarily about history. Um, there's some historical things that come up, but that's not the objective, so to speak. Divrei Hayamim is about history. That's what it's about. To be miyaches whatever it is. But let's see the three psukim. So, the first pasuk is in the end of Parshas Ben Midbar. We have a Paragdalat pasuk base where it says, Nasai esreish b'nei kahas mitoich b'nei levi. Raise up, pick up, raise up the, the head, count the children of kahas from amongst the b'nei levi, their families, to the home of their fathers. That was the end, the last few psukim of last week's Parsha. This week's Parsha opens up with the next one, which is Nasai Yesheresh B'nei Gershon Gamheim. Again, lift up the head, count the sons of Gershon, they too, And then a few sukkim later, we have the third of the family, B'nei Mirari L'mishpachosam, L'veisavosam Tifkodosam, count them as well. Now, if you look closely, there's some very clear differences between these three countings. Even though it's all the three families of Levi and the counting was all done the same way, and it's all for their work in the Mishkan, but yet it's different. You see, Kahas is the first, even though he's not the first in age, right? It's Gershon, Kahas, and Mirari. So Kahas is singled out. Raise up Kahas. When it comes to Gershon, he says, raise up the, the head of the people of Gershon, Gam him, them, them too. Whenever you say them too, that means they're like secondary, right? The Iker would seem to be Kahas. But, but Gershon, Gam him, them too. When it comes to B'nai Mirari, it doesn't say anything about even raising them up. It just says count them. So it's very clear from the Pasuk that even though there was three countings going on and it's three families and it's three brothers really, nevertheless one was the Iker, one was the main and that was B'nai Kahas. Secondary was B'nai Gershon that on the one hand it says Nasi Asrash, it says to raise them up. But it says Gamhem, them also, like they're secondary. And finally when it comes to Mirari, it doesn't say anything at all about raising them up. So what's the Pshat? So first, I'm going to talk about this, and I want to discuss that a little bit. So first, we'll read from the Erechaim, the Erechaim HaKadosh, Erechaim Ibn Natar. And he writes the following. He says, V'nira. He says, Ki l'sad she'nosan Hashem lohem avoida pnimis, lo'asis oren v'shulchan, 
being that kahas, they had the most chashiva avoida. Their avoida, their service in the Mishkan was that they would carry the holiest vessels of the Beis Hamikdash, the Arain, the Shulchan. That Kahas was the most sanctified, that they were carrying the holiest parts of the Mishkan. So therefore, they are the ultimate Nasiyas Rish. They're the Nasiyas Rish, raising them up to the highest level possible. Even though Gershon was the Bachar, he was older. Nevertheless, Kahas Bachar Loka. So Gershon might be older, but the light, the ultimate light to the world of Moshe Baron comes from Kahas. The Shura Sadin, and therefore it's, it's, it's correct. That this branch of the family, the branch of Kahas, they should carry the Torah. Because Moshe comes from them. Moshe is the Torah, Moshe is the source of the Torah. And Rechaim adds, "Vedictic lemer mitoich bnei Levi." Notice that only in the first pasuk it says, "From from the midst of Levi, mitam shamarnu litzachu emtsoi ben Gershon umben Merari v'siaches ilav toich." He was the middle son. So that's how the Rechaim sees the first um, the the nesias rish of Kahas, because they're the most uplifted, they're the most sanctified, they're the ones who carry the holiest vessels. And they're taken from amongst the families of Levi, and they're you know, sanctified in the highest form. That's Kahas. What about the next steps? So here we have a piece from the Klei Yoker in this week's Parsha. And he says, right? Both by, yeah, by Kahas and Gershon, it says, Nasi to uplift, but not by Mirori. Both Kahas and Gershon had a Mila, had an advantage over Mirari. Kahas mitzad masa ha'arin. Kahas is the one who carried the Aron, like the Arachayim said. The Gershon mitzad ha'bachayra. Gershon was the Bachayr. V'ayid, in addition to that, Shemasoi ha'ya yoyser mekudash min masa b'nei Mirari. The, the Gershon, they also carried holier items than Mirari. The Mirari carried the least significant parts, as we'll see in a moment. That's why the Mirari doesn't say Nasir. What do we have here? Basically, we have our three levels. What did the Kahas, well, the people from the Kahas, what do they carry in the Mishkan? You said the Shulchan. The Aron, the Shulchan, the Menorah, the most sanctified parts of the Mishkan. What did the, the children of Gershon carry in the Mishkan? They carried the yirios, the the curtains, the tapestries that were on top. What did the b'nei mirari carry? Poles. The the kroshim, the poles, the what are they called? The kroshim are the the planks, the walls, the walls. Now that is considered the least in the level of kedusha of the mishkan. If you think about the kedusha of the mishkan. We have the first and foremost was the Kalia Mishkan, which is the vessels. And then you have the Yurios, the, the um, Yurios Izim, which are the tapestries, the curtains that covered over the Mishkan. And then you have the actual woodwork, which is the Kurushan. And it was split up amongst these three, these three families. Kahas had the Chashivste, the holiest. Gershon had the second level. And Mirari had the lowest. So that's what we have. And that's also, by the way, the reason why when he came later in this week's Parsha, when you had the donation of the wagons, right? We have the, the Nasim donate wagons for carrying the Kalim. So they donate six wagons. What does Moshe Rabbeinu do with them? Kahas, 
gets none. Why? Because Cus carries the holiest vessels that you carry on your shoulders. There's no wagons. Gershon gets two. Merari gets four. Because Mari carried the wood. They carried the crushing. That needed the most wagons. So they were carrying what would seem to be the least holy. I mean, they're all tremendous Kedusha. But of the three levels, Merari seems to have received the, the least end of Kedusha. And that's the reason for these differences. So basically, again... As they have less sweat. Okay, <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> but so we have over here, we have Kahas is the highest Madrig, and therefore Nasa is Rosh B'nai Kahas. Gershon is lesser, but also holy. And that's why it says Nasa as Rosh B'nai Gershon, Gamheim, they also should be uplifted. And Merari is the least, and therefore by them it doesn't say Messias Rosh at all. It doesn't say anything about uplifting them at all. That is the three families of Levi, the way they begin at the end of last week's Parsha, the beginning of this week's Parsha. Now, that is Pshat, and of course that's true. But of course, like every part of Torah, especially anything that's related to the Mishkan, has to have practical application to us as well, and to the Hayra, what does that mean to us, or what do these three levels mean for us in our Avodah? Right? We know that every part of Torah is that way. That it's not only a story that happened once, but it has a pshat, and it has remez, it has drush, and it has said, it has the way it relates to us, and it means, what it means to us in our avodah. And where do we find Gershon, Kahas, and Mirari in an avodah that is applicable to each and every one of us ourselves? <coughs> so, in general, the concept of... Well, what was the concept of carrying... This, these 40 years in the Midbar, it's a very interesting thing. You had, we're carrying the Mishkan around the Midbar. That's really what was happening. We're carrying Hashem's home, the holiest place, and we're carrying it around the Midbar. Then this is, there's a question that's asked in Sfarim, which is why did they spend 40 years in the desert? What was that all about? So everyone answers right away, what do you mean? Because they were decreed that they can't come into Israel for 40 years. That doesn't explain why they had to be in the desert. They could have, you know... Could have gone to Florida. Yeah, they could have, they could have set up shop anywhere. You know, Hashem says... I got enough room. I Hashem says, you're not, going, you're not going to Israel for 40 years. The whole nation has to die out. But why did they spend 40 years traveling through the desert? What was that all about? Training. I'm sorry? For training. Training for what? All this blows and things. It can't be for training because the whole generation died out. Yeah, training uh, for what? No, and it's, well, not, it's well, not only well, that. The, when you train, when you train, you got to train in the same conditions <laughs> that where you're going to. They spent 40 years in the desert. And they're going into a civilized land. So the Balatanya writes in his Sefer on the Kutatera, he says that what was going on in the desert was a very spiritual avodah. And that is, says the desert represents a place of unholiness. The Pasuk says in Yirmiyohu, when it describes the desert, we have it here on the paper, it says, a desert is be'eret tziyavitzalmavis, a place of the of thirst and the, the shadow of death. A desert means a place that you can't really live there's no live water. A desert is represent, represents a place that's void of Kedusha, void of holiness. That's why there's nothing live in the desert. That's why there's no water in the why desert. Why is Prophet running into the desert for some, for some fasting for 40 days? So that was a problem when they did that. When there was a problem, there was a reason why they had to do that. But a desert is never the chosen place to go live. <coughs> and a desert is a difficult place, says the Balatan. When they were traveling through the desert for 40 years with the Mishkan, what they were really doing is, to use his words, they were being machnia the klipas of the desert. They were subjugating. They were using the powers of Kedusha to bring holiness into even a place like a desert. 
And that was a hakdama, that was a necessary requisite to going into Eretz Yisrael, and we have to bring Kedusha to the whole world. Ultimately, we have to bring Kedusha to every place in this world, right? You have places that might look like the, the very beautiful places, but spiritually speaking, they're a desert, right? I'll never forget um, when my parents, many, many years ago, 45 years ago, they were sent by the Rebbe to West Bloomfield, Michigan, and there wasn't like one from Jew in the whole city. Mamish, nothing, not one Shomer Shabbos in West Bloomfield, nothing. So my grandmother, she lived in me well. So she said, what, you're going to a desert? She says, where are you guys going? Like, what, what kind of, who would go to such a place? There's no Yiddish guy, nothing going what on over there. This? 1975. Oh, yeah. Right? Nothing going on. You know, before they went, so they went into Yechidus to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe says, I promise you, you'll have more success than you can imagine. But they went, there was nothing there, Mamish, nothing. So the desert. So the, the idea of the Avoida of the, of the Levian, of carrying the, the Orein and, and the, the Klei HaKodesh and the Mishkan throughout the desert from place to place to place, 42 different Masois, right? 42 different travelings in the desert was, according to the, the uh, Lakut Torah, was in order to bring Kedusha into the places that are most void of Kedusha, most void of life and bring the Kedusha, the Mishkan, and the Aron. And the truth is, wherever they lived, miraculously, there was water, and there was grass, and there was growth. So they were, they were actually breaking these klipas, these, these unholy places in the world, and bringing Kedusha into them. And the most powerful Kedusha they had with them was the Mishkan. Was that? The Mishkan, Kedusha, which was that, the, the, the place that Hashem said, that's my home. <gasps> so it was the Levim that are carrying the Mishkan from place to place in the desert. And the reason we're saying this is, what we're talking here is about the beginning of this parsha talks about the counting of the family of Gershon, later Merari, the end of last parsha was Kahas. We're talking about the three families of the Levim. The Levim were, set, says, you know, were um, divided into three families, Gershon, Kahas, and Merari. And Kahas carried the holiest parts, and Gershon second, and Merari the third. Why do you think Parshas and Osa did not start with Kahas? That's a fascinating question. It's a fascinating question. Whenever you read the parsha, it's like almost a, like like the Torah Dafka wanted to start something and then continue in the next parsha. I don't have a clear answer to that question, but it's clear that Kahas is is meant to be distinguished from the other two because they're, they're the ones. Maybe. maybe maybe they're the ones that carry the Aron that we talked about earlier. They're the holiest of the three. Moshe and Aron come from them, so perhaps the Torah is trying to indicate that separation there. As a perhaps, I don't know that you know in a concrete way. So what we're trying to figure out is what do these three levels of Gershon, Kos, and Merari mean to us? In our life, we're also essentially doing the same thing. Just like they were carrying the Arum and the Mishkan in the Midbar, we're, each and every one of us is doing the same thing because we live in a world. Many parts of this world are like a desert, spiritually speaking. Many parts of our own life might be like a desert, spiritually speaking. And it's up to us to bring the Mishkan there, to bring godliness there, to bring Kedusha there, to bring holiness there. So we're really enacting what the Levim did. The Rambam famously writes that although Shevet Levi was chosen to be the holiest nation, he says, but not just, it's not just Shevet Levi. Any person who wants can be like a Levi, can have the Kedusha of a Levi. The Rambam in the end of Hilchus Shemitah V'yoyvo says, Lo Shevet Levi Bilvad, Kol Any person that, that his heart is, wants to connect to Hashem in that way can be a Levi too. He doesn't mean halachically be a Levi and serve in Beis HaMikdash. Right. He means the concept of a Levi. The Levi that is in his idea is to carry Kedusha into every part of the world. So what is Gershon Kos and Mirari? So let's see. I want to give you uh, maybe two or three ideas about that. Um, the first, um, and that's on the last three parts of the page, 
The first is an idea, and to me it's very uh, personally special, because I heard this from the Rebbe when I was a student there in 1988, <laughs> a couple years ago. And the Rebbe said this, by that, by this, it was this week, it was Shabbos Parshas Naso, and he said the following idea. And he said that Kahas represents Torah. And Torah is always the holiest, right? We're able to study Torah, learn Torah, connect Hashem through Torah, and they're the ones who carry, right? They carry the Aron, which is Torah, and really all the Klei HaMishtem represent Torah. Gershon, they carried that which surrounds the the, um, the kalim, right? They carried the tapestries, the yirios, whatever. And in that, Fabrino the Rebbe said, that represents tefillah. Because tefillah, it's not on the same level of Kedusha as Torah, but it guards our Torah. Now, there's in order for a person to learn Torah properly, a person has to be inspired. A person has to feel connected to Hashem. And that's what tefillah is. And tefillah, when we daven, and that's why halachically, one is supposed to get up in the morning first daven and then learn Torah, right? I think it was Abba bin Yamin that says in the Gemara that always, he says, he says, always, as soon as I woke up, I daven and then I went to learn Torah. Because Torah study is most powerful when it's, when it's preceded by a person connecting himself to Hashem through tefillah. So therefore, the Rebbe said, in that Torah that kahas that carry the vessels that represents the Torah that we take into ourselves in a very internal way, and Gershon, which was the Yirios, which was the surrounding of everything, and the tapestries are covered over, that represents Tefillah. Tefillah is not as holy as Torah, and therefore the first one is Kahas, that's the first, Naso is Rosh, but Tefillah also represents a sense of holiness, a connection to Hashem. Mirari, they represent Bittal. Bittal means the concept of humility that's necessary in order to approach Torah or Tefillah. Right? When a person is arrogant, what does it say? The Gemara says in the Mesech Tasaita that a person who is arrogant, Hashem says, I can't deal with that. Right? Hashem says, I can deal with anything. It's from arrogance. Arrogance, when a person is full of themselves, they don't leave place for Hashem. And, and not for another person, which goes together hand in hand. So before we learn Torah, or before we die, a necessary prerequisite is, is anivus, or bitl, when a person feels small in the face of Hashem, in the face of his creator. That's why we say in, in the end of davening, we say, V'nafshi ka'afar la'kol tihiyeh, yeah. Let me feel like offer, like, 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 like dust, and then open my heart to Torah. And before Shimon Esther, we say, Hashem, Hashem, you open my lips, right? I stand before you with total, with total nullification, and Hashem, like you sort of take over, so to speak. So that's what Mirari represents. Mirari, which literally means a feeling of bitterness, of, of, of not exaltedness, a, a feeling of, of true humility is what Mirari is. And they carried, that's it, they did the menial labor. Right? Sometimes Hashem wants us to be willing to do the, not the exciting and not the chashavah jobs, the jobs that takes humility. And that's Mirari. So therefore, on the one hand, what's the highest? Torah. That's why Kahas comes first. And then you have Tefillah. That's, that's Gershom. But you need Merari. We need that level of Merari. We need that level of humility preceding our Torah and Tefillah in order that both the Torah and Tefillah should be, should be properly effective. And that's those three Avedas of Gershon, Kahas, and Merari according to that explanation that I heard then. So that's one idea. Um, let's look at another idea. And the next, the following idea is from... Did I write where I take from? Uh, hmm, I didn't write. Okay. But the following is from Lukutia Torah. Lukutia Torah is from the Balatanya, and it's on this week's Parsha. And he talks about it from a different angle. He says that there is, in our relationship to Hashem, 
he talks about a level called Yira Tata. Yira Tata literally means the lower level of fear of Hashem. The lowest level. The basic fear of Hashem. Basic fear of Hashem is what we need to, how do you say, to keep in the straight and narrow, right? Basic, Yira Tashemayim, that Hashem said, don't do something, so I won't do it. Hashem said, do something, I'll do it. The most basic level of Yira Tashemayim, which is really the first step. That's reward and punishment, no? It could be, yeah. Reward and punishment, yeah. yeah. I don't don't, don't don't know if Dafka has to mean only that, but it's basic obeying. I'm going to do what I was told to do because I have to do so because Hashem said so. Basic year of Shemayim, without, without that, you know, you don't get to, to anywhere. So you don't like reward and punishment? Eh? I mean, it's fine if you don't. I just was curious. I didn't say I don't like it. I didn't say I don't like it. Reward and punishment is one of the uh, principles of our faith. Year of doesn't necessarily mean reward and punishment. It could mean reward and punishment. Yeah. It means basic fear of Hashem. Okay. After basic fear of Hashem comes, Ahava Hashem which is love of Hashem. Uh-huh. And we work on, 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 on uh, awakening within ourselves feelings of, of love and closeness and want to... It's a mitzvah, Avas Hashem. On top of that, there's the higher form called Yira Ilah, the highest form of Yira Shemayim, and that's when a person just feels totally humble in Hashem's presence. Well, like, like one doesn't feel themselves as an entity, they're just there as Hashem's servant, as Hashem's shliach in this world. That's a very high madriga called Yira Ilah. Is that it's called it's called Yiras Boishas as well. When I'm just uh, I don't know the exact translation of Boishas, uh, awesome. a, a sense of, of of awe, a sense of losing one's own entity in front of Hashem, and th- those three play play themselves out in davening. The beginning of our davening, when we talk about the fear of the Malachim of Hashem and Ibsukir Zimra, that's when we're trying to get the basic Yiras Shemayim. And then we move up in davening to Shema. And Shema is the mitzvah of Vihafta. Right? Vihafta Hashem Alokacha. The mitzvah of Avas Hashem is in Shema. And then we come to Shmona Esra. Shmona Esra is total it's silent. silent, nullified before Hashem. Right? It's, it's the ultimate level, like, like it says in Gemara, that we stand ke'avda, like an evid in front of his master, and that's why we're motionless and we don't make noise, we don't do anything. It's, it's called Yira Ilah. Says the Lukutu Torah, but that's what these three levels of Gershon, Kahas, and Mirari in our own lives represent. And how is that? Mirari is bottom levels. And that's basic Yiratata, which is extremely important. Again, you can't go to step two without step one. And that's why, again, Mirari means that, that bitterness, that, that feeling of just, I'm gonna, I gotta do what Hashem said, whether I like it, I'm inspired, not inspired, I'm in a good mood, a bad mood. Basic Yiratramayim keeps us straight. That's Mirari. Then we move up to Gershon. That's already a concept of Avas Hashem. And that's the Yirios that surround, surround and encompass. That's already the Avas Hashem, which is step two. And then we get to the level of Kahos. Kahos carry the Aron. That's standing in the ultimate Bittl before Hashem, the ultimate, what he so calls Yira Ilah, the highest Lakshmona Esrei. And that's how he looks at Gershon, yeah. Kahos, and Mirari, these three steps of Aravodas Hashem, which are, you know, it's interesting, we say in Pirkei Avos, we say, in Ein Yira, Ein Chachma. Imein chachma in yira. Obviously, like, you know, okay, what comes first? The chicken or the egg, right? The, yeah. the head or the egg. You, you start, it says, if there's no yira, there's no chachma. There's no chachma, there's no yira. How do you explain? So, how does it, so which one do I start with? So, Hasidah says, we're talking about two levels of yira. Imein yira in chachma, that's yira tata, the lower level. If there's no basic yira, you can't get anywhere. Then, if you had that, you can have chachma and hopefully ultimately get to the higher level of yira. That's in main yira in chachma, in main chachma in yira, ultimately to the highest level, and that will be the difference between mirari and kahas. In this By the way, I don't want to mess you up, but I don't want you to miss tomorrow. It's not fair. Oh gosh. 
Okay, one last minute. I get it, thank you. One last idea here very quickly. Just something about Kahas and Gershon. Kahas and Gershon, it's explained, are the idea of Asetov and Sumira. Right, think of the word Gershon. Gershon means to, um, to push away. That's the things that are negative, that we have to push away from ourselves. It is? Gershon means to, to, to make, to... Uh, to be megarish, to send oh, away, right? Listen, gerushim, right? And and therefore we have to protect ourselves from bad things, and that's why Gershon carried the the, the urios, no, oh, the urios, which are put our protectors. Yeah. That's surmeira. Kahas is carrying the Torah. That's aseitov. That's doing mitzvahs. The two parts of our avodas Hashem is the surmeira and the aseitov. That's why. Which one is holier is kahas, but which one comes first? Gershon is older. You start with Sumerah and then you move on to Aseito. Ultimately, the Kedusha is with the Aseito, but it's preceded by the Gershon, which is the Sumerah. So the Torah, the, the Torah gives them the order of Hashivas, of holiness. It starts with Kaas, but Gershon is the older brother, and ultimately, together, Sumerah Aseito, through that is how we truly are able to connect to Hashem, and we're able to incorporate the Avodah Dolvim in our life. the guy that's seemingly the lowest. Sure.